Welcome to Diving Into Crypto. Diving Into Crypto. A weekly series where thought leaders share insights, strategies, and insider stories about all things crypto and Web3. Brought to you by Adlunum. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of Diving Into Crypto. This is the first episode that we're doing, so we're really excited to have this out there. And thank you so much for joining, tuning in today on this new show that we have on Twitter Spaces called Diving Into Crypto. I'm JP from Adlunum INC, speaking to you about Web3. Before we begin, I'd like to let the everyone listening know that in this particular show, all ideas that are shared are opinions of the person speaking and are not are meant for educational purposes only. That being said, and without further ado, let's get the show on the road. Today, ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited to announce that we have our very first guest on the show. She has been an entrepreneur, has taught entrepreneurship, a journalist, and but wait, why am I telling you about her? Let, let's get her on the show and have her Tell us about her journey into Web3. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together, even on that reaction button, and welcome to the stage, the CEO and co-founder of Adlunum INC, Natia Bester. Natia, how are you doing? Hey, JP. Hey, Adlunum community. Very happy to be here and very excited to kick off this very first episode of Adlunum's first Twitter Spaces, which will also shortly be available as a podcast, uh, Diving Into Crypto. Lovely to have you on board, Nadia. All right, Nadia, I know that you have some extensive experience, but why don't you tell the audience a little about your journey into Web3 and what got you here? So I think in my case... I had the privilege of making an easy decision to get into Web3. Um, I had left the corporate world, which for a brief moment in time, I was drowning in. I was burnt out from running a marketing agency. And in general, I really had just had it with, you know, these constant grim reminders of how society was just absolutely going wrong everywhere I looked. So at the time I was traveling the world with my son, uh, thinking that I was, you know, buying myself a little bit of recovery time before I would need to go back into that cesspool of whatever broken system I was going to venture into next. But luckily, as synchronicity would have it, at the same time that I was deathly bored of rest and relaxation, didn't realize that was a possibility, but try doing nothing for a few months and you'll very, very (laughs) soon start itching to do something. I got the opportunity to start working professionally as a journalist, and this is something that I had done at school, but I never actually considered as an actual career possibility or option, and it just so happened to be in blockchain, so the rest is history. Um, The more I learned about the technology and the ethos, uh, very uh, specifically as well, the more sold I became that, you know, I didn't need to go back into these broken systems if I could just as easily go forward and, of course, contribute to building something new, which is, I think, for a lot of people, uh, A, a dream, but B, Mm -hmm. almost an unreachable dream. And in crypto, of course, it's very easy because you are really building things from the ground up. So it's very easy to 
have this, you know, if you think about uh, delayed gratification, if you work in a different industry and yes, you are making a difference, you know, but you might see that difference, I don't know, in 20 years from now with crypto, right. in a sense, it's the same for sure. We are mm -hmm. not seeing, you know, the ultimate effects of our actions, but right. in an industry that is so young and so new, every contribution you make is something that you can immediately see, you know, it, it, it's doing something. Um, right. So yeah, that was in, in not a short a nutshell, but relatively short nutshell, how I got into things. Well, well, that's fantastic. Thank you for that, Nadia, because it's these stories that really inspire people or at least shine the light for those that are not in the Web3 space, or those that don't understand it, for them to have a glimpse into what it takes to get there. But getting there is one part, Nathya. What's what's the conviction that's keeping you in that that drove you to get into crypto full time? Yeah, so interesting question. I mean, if I look back on it now, um, mm -hmm. for sure the chips, you know, in my favor. As I said, I wasn't doing anything else at the time. I was really just on holiday. So that combined with the fact that you know, I had this dream job uh, of being a journalist, which is something I'd always wanted to do, but never thought I would actually do as a career. Um, so those were two factors that made it very easy. But this was not necessarily the conviction, uh, nor was the reason because I was getting paid in crypto. Uh, so my salary was first in Bitcoin, then in Ethereum. So you could argue, you know, that I had no choice but to get sold on the financial part because it was... <laughs> pretty hard to believe in something or not to believe in something uh, rather that's right there in your wallet. You don't even sure how to get it out. So you're just leaving, leaving it in your wallet. So, right. you know, these things were factors, but they certainly, they were not the joys of technology. Um, <laughs> so, so these things were factors, but they were not the ultimate decision-making factor. You know, they were contributing to this uh, decision, but I think, yeah. you know, in, in, in summary, the reason that I really resonated with being in the space is, as I mentioned earlier, the ethos. And I think the right. ethos has meant different things to me at different times and certainly means mm -hmm. different things to different people. But really right. just in summary and, and overall, the idea that with crypto, there was something bigger than myself, something bigger than all of these people working towards something bigger than themselves. So it really was just, you know, this vision. And I think ultimately it's the vision that not only got me into things, got me serious about it, but kept me here and probably will keep me here for as long as, uh, you know, I don't know. Who knows what the future is going to hold, but for sure I foresee myself being in crypto for a really long time to come. Uh, and certainly, I'm certain that everyone that has, um, you know, glimpsed into the doorway of what the cryptoverse reveals, find some manner, form and conviction to, to stay inside, let the door close behind them and explore this new universe. So thank you for sharing that particular story, Nathya. Um, being in the crypto space, though, uh, what is your opinion about the state of Web3 as it, as it stands today from the position that you are? Yeah, great question. Yeah. So I'm not known for brevity, but I think, you know, mm -hmm. for once I can really be succinct. Uh, yeah. In one word, early and really really early um that's three words 
<laughs> so, you know, we can't even talk about Web3 adoption yet because, mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about it, we don't even know, we're not 100% sure what is a good definition. Like, right. what is Web3 beyond being a hyped up buzzword, which is what it's being used at, as the moment, at the moment, but it's very difficult to encapsulate exactly what it is. There are not many people that would be able to give a good answer to what exactly is this word that we are all using and throwing around. And this is not a bad thing um, because we are busy building what it means. We are at the moment defining it. We are giving a tangible shape to an intangible idea. And I mean, this is a really beautiful thing to witness and to be a part of. And it's part of this conviction that keeps me here, as I mentioned earlier. But I think Sorry. it's also important to be realistic. Uh, mm -hmm. Web3 is in the really early stages of, let's call it a collective creative process. And, you know, as any artistic person or inventor even can tell you, a creative process is messy, it's chaotic, non-linear, unpredictable, uncertain, and lengthy, <laughs> really, really right. lengthy. It doesn't come on demand. It's not like, you know, you press a button and it shows up at your doorstep. It's not Amazon. Right. So if we consider, for example, um, let's say someone like Leonardo da Vinci, he ideated the concept of the helicopter. I mean, in what was it? The 15th century. This is ages ago. But right. the helicopter, as we know it today, wasn't mm -hmm. built until, I think, the 1940s. So how yep. did someone like that, who lived in a time where there was almost zero uh, technological capabilities compared to what he was dreaming up, how did he right. come up with, you know, this prolific list of ideas that absolutely right. by far exceeded the technological capabilities and not just the technological capabilities, but the imaginative abilities of the time. Now, I didn't know the guy personally, although I'm sure my son thinks I'm old enough for that to be possible, but I bet his attitude and his passion for what was possible mm -hmm. and really however crazy that must have seemed to other people right. trumped what was known or what was accepted at the time. And this is a really important point because it's so relevant to Web3 today. So if we imagine, for example, creativity as, you know, a two-step tango, uh, let's say you have the subconscious on one side and you have the conscious mind on the other side. Mm -hmm. On the subconscious end, you know, there's this kind of madness. Uh, you have to be crazy in order to dream up new worlds and re new realities. And mm -hmm. Alice in Wonderland has this great line where she says to the Mad Hatter that all the best people are a little crazy, which right. again, very much applies to not only the creative process as a whole, but also to Web3 mm -hmm. specifically. So first right. you have this madness that's part of the subconscious and then mm -hmm. comes method, right? So at the exactly. moment, Web3 is very very definitely still in the madness phase i mean mm -hmm. there might be a little bit of method but generally right. speaking we are way more on that side of the spectrum and you know this is how it should be because it is mm -hmm. early and right. really the reality is that any groundbreaking pioneering idea gets right. born in this phase and then moves mm -hmm. into you know a more structured linear approach later on so 
the state is crazy, but yes, we are where we are supposed to be. Wow, that's a that's a very interesting perspective because we'd be talking about this from from of course an early formation and then it's getting to be widespread, but not widespread enough uh, yet, right? Um, Nadia, what do you think is is holding it back? I mean, if if crypto were to, as they say, eat the world, right? What do you think is holding it back? So first, I'll continue along my previous answer. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think it's as much a question of being held back, just that mm -hmm. it's really, really early. Because if okay. we consider, for example, the life cycle for tech adoption, you know, you mm -hmm. have innovators that are kind of the horn of the rhinoceros, so to speak, right. uh, and they lead the way by creating the way. That sounds like a Star Wars <laughs> reference, even though it's not. I can totally be a, writer, a script writer for one of the new movies. Um, and then you have these early adopters, you know, they boldly go where others fear to tread. And of course, right now in Web3, this is where we are. People in Web3 are either innovators or they are early adopters. So right. if I differentiate for a second between Web3, which is a relatively newer term versus crypto mm -hmm. that most people are more familiar with, crypto mm -hmm. is probably a little bit ahead on the curve, but even okay. crypto hasn't reached you know, this early majority stage yet. So yes, right. we are getting there, but it's really early days and we are very mm -hmm. early. Like those of us working in it, those of us investing in it, we are all at the beginning of something that has a really long pathway ahead of it. And mm -hmm. I can put this into context, for example, if we consider the internet. So right. the internet was born in 1993, I think. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's like what that is. Oh, my math, my math is terrible. Give me. It's about 20 something years 20, ago. 20, Almost 29, 19, I think. No, no, no. 29 or no, 29. Yeah, sorry, 29. Yeah, my math is yeah. worse than yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Now I have public validation that my math is not the worst in the world. <laughs> so I mean it's 29 years since the mm -hmm. internet was born. And right. if you look at the data, the data says that we are shockingly at only a 65% adoption rate globally. So mm -hmm. you and I and, you know, the, the audience tuning into this on our smartphones, we can right. go like, what? Only 20, uh, only 65%? Like our whole mm -hmm. entire lives are online, but right. it's still not for everyone. So, mm -hmm. you know, something that we perceive as almost universal is actually right. not universal. And then you look mm -hmm. at something that is even more, uh, quote unquote, universal than the internet. Let's take the toilet. Mm -hmm. So right. not that I thought I would ever mention the word toilet on an interview, but there you go. So, you know, if you look at most people's lives, I mean, this is something we don't even consider as a luxury because, of course, everywhere yeah. you go, there's a toilet. But then if you look at UN statistics, there are mm -hmm. 4.2 billion people that live without a toilet. So, I mean, yeah, it really, you know, if you talk about like widespread adoption of anything, what does that mm -hmm. even mean? So I think in terms of mm -hmm. Web3, you know, I'll, I'll use a really overused cliche, but it is mm -hmm. a marathon. It's not a sprint. And in reality, these tracks have barely been laid out. So there's this uh, Moore's law that says, um, you know, technology is increasing at an exponential rate with each new iteration. And exactly. if you follow that train of thought, then yes, mm -hmm. 
for sure, Web3 should be in your friendly neighborhood household by the end of the year. But I think what sure. this kind of thinking does is it negates the complexities of human systems. Because as humans, we are incredibly complex. There are so many factors that you know come together in order to create certain realities or prevent certain realities from being created. And if mm -hmm. we look at technology, which is a really complex topic, technology gets integrated into society. Society mm -hmm. doesn't integrate itself into technology. So in, you know, in short, this question of how widespread adoption or what is the situation of widespread adoption and kind of how quickly are we going to make it happen? Um, mm -hmm. I think this is a far more complex topic for any question, but especially, especially for something that is as new and as different as what Web3 is. Wow, that's a, that's a lot of points to consider, especially when you think about if you just take the do the math and, and look at it statistically, right? Like you mentioned, and I, again, I, I never thought I'd be using the toilet as a reference on a on a show like this. Um, but it is interesting to 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 when when the depiction comes in that it's only sixty five percent of the world that has technology ad adoption, but it's more than fifty percent of the world that don't have access to cer certain life basics, right? And this, this of course, does does provide um, you know an insight into the complexity that 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 Web three is is trying to to solve in terms of just the adoption factor. I mean, the from a behavioral point of view, uh, a societal point of view, of course, we you know we would like to do everything that's that's comfortable for us, uh, as opposed to to go out there and and learn to do something before it takes time. So. Yeah, Nathia, I believe you, you, you're spot on, uh, you know, about, about that assessment. Are there any cases uh, that really fascinate you about the, the crypto industry that you'd, you'd like to share? Because this, this does seem to have an interesting flow. What about, what about the crypto industry fascinates you, Nathia? Many, many, many things, but I don't mm -hmm. think we have enough time to go into all of them. So I'll pick a few. Yeah. Um, so I think possibility for sure um there mm -hmm. is just vast amounts of possibility in this space um mm -hmm. empowerment very very definitely uh it's something mm -hmm. i feel very strongly about in terms of social justice on many different levels and the ability that crypto has uh let me put it this way so okay. i'm a writer and this idea that you can create this entirely new world in your head and you bring mm -hmm. it to life in such a way that other people will, you know, suspend their disbelief and buy into your story. That's mm -hmm. nothing new to me, but right. this is only in the context of writing something. But when I right. go out there into the world, into society, this is not mm -hmm. the same. Uh, there, there are none of the same possibilities. The rules have already been laid down and I know what is expected of me, what is possible. And then you get crypto and Web3 and suddenly mm -hmm. there's this uh, bold, daring audacity uh, that you can do something very different on, on a societal scale. And this is the right. invite that you receive. So. Right. This is great in general, but then you look at what is being disrupted. Mm -hmm. This sacred, untouchable global financial industry. I mean, wow. 
you need on a daily basis almost a master's in economics in order to wrap your head around how does the global economy work and you know why is inflation eating into my savings and what is going on and why is the middle class disappearing and you know these are things that we live with everyday realities but no one really understands them and no one really has any possibility to do anything about it so for me i think crypto is or maybe I should, you know, have a disclaimer here. Crypto can yeah. be, as long as we safeguard this, almost an right. embodiment of the sense of we the people. Because this is something not even the internet can say. The internet has made huge strides in terms of mm. greater empowerment of, of people in general. Right. However, Web2 is so centralized that mm-hmm. you know it's it's still in the hands of a few huge companies i mean to the point where governments are suing them because they yeah. have so much power and you know they have mm-hmm. so much sway even over political directions in different com- and in different countries and in right. crypto we are really putting it back in the hands of the people so i think for me mm-hmm. you know in in short this is probably one of the most fascinating things about being in this industry Oh, well, that's brilliant. It, it really looks to see that um, in, in so many ways, the human form, <clears throat> excuse me, the human form went, found technology uh, to make its life better. And then it's come back full circle to allow itself to be better. I mean, if, if that makes if that makes any sense whatsoever, right? But, but I, I do like that, that we have, you know, complete um, empowerment where that's concerned, lying in the hands of we the people, as you've said. Uh, certainly uh, something that all our listeners over here and those that are those that are listening in on the show, go ahead and give us a reaction if you like that statement and what you've heard so far, right? Um, Nadia, to, to shift gears a bit, I I want to pick your brain a little about, you know, we've, we've spoken about this from a point of view of what got you into it to the point of the technological advancements to the, the imagination, the adoption. Um, and of course, with every great idea, uh, the point at which it lasts that lifetime is sustainability, right? The point about sustainability. Um, do you feel confident about the survival of crypto being there in the future at this point of time? Yeah, that is for sure the golden question, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> you mentioned earlier about crypto eating the world. Um, Mm -hmm. And I want to start off just by commenting on that, and then I'll kind of lean into this answer. So, you know, we often use this phrase, and I think what I've come to realize is the number one question is, should crypto Mm -hmm. eat the world? Because Mm -hmm. if you think about the sustainability of this industry and what it is that we are trying to achieve, Mm -hmm. at the moment, there's this tendency to really fall prey to, I don't know, shiny new toy syndrome, let's call it that. Um, It brings to mind for me, you know, this line in, uh, what is that movie? Um, Field of Dreams, where it says, build it and they will come. Now, I think in crypto, sometimes we take that a a little too literally, because Mm -hmm. we build, 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 but we don't Mm -hmm. ask ourselves, why will they come? Because people don't go anywhere and people don't do anything and people don't say yes to things unless there's Mm -hmm. something in it for them, right? It's basic human psychology. So we as an industry, I think we've gone from 
you know, this philosophical conviction that crypto will save the world. Um, and very often nowadays, it's more of a money grab where it's, you know, first in, first out. And we don't really consider the sustainability of what it is that we are building or contributing because it's all about timing. Get the time right, you know, time your time your launch and time your product and time your investments. And as soon as there's enough money and enough eyes on you, okay, then it's out and, you know, the next guy comes in. So right. I think as someone, and I definitely am all in, I would mm -hmm. be the first to say that if this is the way that we are going to play things, then mm -hmm. no, crypto shouldn't eat the world because, right. I mean, the world's been eaten enough already. And oh, yeah. I'm not so sure if we are going to build something that is really sustainable. So this mm. on the, you know, sort of more negative end of things. But then on the positive side, <laughs> I'll make a joke here, but I'll tell you it's going to be a joke. Otherwise, you're not going to laugh. Um, this <laughs> is just how bad my sense of humor is. Um, yeah. But, you know, the sense of, well, I mean, there's this saying in crypto, like diamond hands. Um, right. If, if someone holds on to, to crypto for, you know, like they're a hodler, they're not someone who sells easily. So right. I would I would say that, you know, the reason that crypto will survive and will be sustainable in the mm -hmm. sense that it will continue to build itself out is because diamond mm -hmm. hands are hard to break. Um, <laughs> and if you, I don't like this term. I mean, the, the, you know, the concept of weak hands and okay, those who sell yeah. easily and quickly, I don't of particularly course. like this term because I think there's mm -hmm. so much more complexity around it. I mean, why do people mm -hmm. come in and why do they get out so easily? Um, right. The truth is that a lot of what the public sees uh, mm -hmm. are linked to major news headlines. And this is what right. sways public opinion and public behavior. So Bitcoin mm -hmm. is trading at trading at $40,000. Okay, so let's all get in now because it never will be this cheap yeah. again. We are going right. to get rich and we're going to get rich all the way to the moon, you know? Mm -hmm. And then exactly. there's a few jump scares and next mm -hmm. minute everyone's out again. Oh no, the yeah. naysayers were right. Crypto is as good as dead. You know, get out while you still can. So this is, if you are not in something, <laughs> if you are not seeing the daily the, the daily reality of something, it's very easy to get swayed by, you know, the wind blowing this way and the wind blowing that way. But I think, you know, if you've been in the industry as long as I have, and right. yeah, and crypto five years feels like 50, I think you exactly. have a bit of a different vantage point because mm -hmm. you see these cycles come and go. But at the same time, you also see that the core of it is fleshing out. Mm. Now, right. you know, in my personal life philosophy, I believe that if you really truly want to understand something from the inside mm -hmm. out, Right. Go get a job in that industry. And that's probably because I'm a workaholic, sure. but you know, I've worked <laughs> in the therapeutic field, I've worked in right. education, uh, clinical trials, pharmaceuticals, right. and in agency side marketing, where I had clients from a broad spectrum of industries. And I can tell yeah. you horror stories about what mm -hmm. goes on in each of those sectors. Mm -hmm. Now, don't get me wrong, I can do exactly the same in crypto. There are many, many horror stories here too. But I think the difference yeah. is that in this industry, those mm -hmm. people working on building something, they just right. have such a 
or, or a much better chance of positively influencing the outcome. And this mm -hmm. is because A, it is so early and B, because it is so decentralized. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, speaking of decentralization, I mean, the more things are becoming institutionalized and with more investors, you know, popping in and out like a jack in a box, which is part and parcel of mass, adop mass adoption, um, right. it is becoming more challenging for sure. But mm -hmm. yeah, if I can quote Peter Parker's Uncle Ben, <laughs> with great power <laughs> comes great responsibility. And I think that the amount of people working in crypto who have the conviction that this is the right place to be if you want to do good things, I have right. zero doubts that no matter what the markets say, crypto mm -hmm. is here to stay and it will overall bring societal changes that are positive. It's mm -hmm. just a question of time. Um, and that's the thing right. that humans are not good at. We are not good at waiting because mm -hmm. we are not patient. Absolutely. Uh, you know, um, spot on. I think that you've elaborated so much on how this, this is going to pan out and, and especially what are some of the important points when it comes to when it comes to the survival and most importantly the sustainability right where, where crypto is concerned it's like you you keep hearing the naysayers and you know that that that's something that you see around you every time someone asks about should i invest in crypto should i should i do this oh listen you know i i put some money in but all i've seen is a, a losses so far and that's the only reference to what Web3 and crypto is about, right? It's just, it's just about the trading. Uh, and yes, if I had a penny for every time somebody said that, hey, crypto is dead, I guess I'd have a full Bitcoin. So, If only, if only. <laughs> if only <right>? <laughs> <laughs> well, wishful thinking, wishful thinking. Okay. Well, Natia, thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing your thoughts with us. I want to open up the, the room at this point of time for some, some questions from the audience. And, uh, you know, if, if that's okay with you, uh, I, I know we, we kind of, uh, we've got just a few minutes left, but we can take one question that's coming in from the audience. So absolutely you know, happy to yeah. answer. And yeah, just thank you very much as well. I've thoroughly enjoyed myself and I wish Adlunum and this particular diving into crypto series all the best. Um, so I'm, <laughs> Very, very excited to join in or tune in at least every week and listen to what you guys are talking about. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nadia. Okay, so I, I see that we have um, we have one person who's, who's sent in a question. Um, right, okay. So I, I can't, I, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's, a, it's, it's written in a different language, the, the name, but whoever you are, thank you for your question. Natia, uh, one of our listeners wants to know, uh, what is the best and worst thing about working in the crypto space? That is a great question, but I think it's probably, um, it probably depends on who's asking. So mm -hmm. If the person asking is also working in crypto, then yeah, I don't need to give an answer. You know, we'd lock eyes and we'd bask in the knowledge that, okay, great. We're in an industry that's reimagining what's possible. And, you know, on a more serious note, um, the fact that the industry is a largely remote first, uh, which is mm -hmm. a huge benefit, especially in this time, uh, COVID and, you know, other factors. And also I think they are, not at least to the same extent. Uh, mm -hmm. There are not the same glass ceilings that apply to other industries. You know, in a lot of industries, if you are not, generally speaking, 
a cis white male in a top 10 economy, it's difficult to really get somewhere. In crypto, mm -hmm. your passport, your race, your gender, your age, those things are not nearly as important as your vision. Um, so I think, you know, this is definitely something that are, or these are things that are really huge benefits. Uh, in terms of what is the worst thing about working in crypto, this would probably be if someone who is not in crypto asks me this question, because <laughs> then I would have to explain that, no, crypto isn't just some giant scam. Then, of course, I would silently curse or even cry that there are so many seedy characters in this industry that's giving the media ammunition, you know, to keep spinning that narrative. So, yeah, uh, it's great when you don't have to explain yourself. And when you do, then it becomes probably one of the most painful things about working in this space, because then you do have to confront, you know, some of these more problematic and even painful realities that despite everything that I've said, you know, in this, uh, in this talk that we've done together, um, right. not everyone has investors' best interests at heart. Not everyone has um, the industry's best interests at heart. So you have mm. to take the good and the bad. And unfortunately, yeah. but I mean, inevitably, there's a little bit yeah. of both. And I think, you know, just really in closing, I think that for people working in crypto, the responsibility really is to make sure that this balance is evened out, that, you know, mm -hmm. almost like a like a scale, you don't go too far into the one end. Um, so really, ultimately, you are not just in this industry for yourself, but you are in this, I don't know, I don't want to sound like one of those self-development gurus, but, you know, you're not planting a tree just so you can get shade because very often, if you plant a tree, you are not going to enjoy the shade, but it's also mm -hmm. for future generations. So really what we are doing yeah. here is more than just about us. And I think right. as long as we can remember that and kind of keep to that ethos, um, mm -hmm. then working in crypto and even the fact that crypto exists is, yeah, it's a right. beautiful thing. Thank you for that answer, Natia. And I, I hope that does answer your question, the person that who's, who's asked it. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we come to the end of our show. Before we go, once again, smash those buttons and give Natia a reaction for sharing her thoughts in today's episode of Diving Into Crypto. Natia, I can't thank you enough for being the first guest on our show today. I couldn't have thought of a better person. I've, it's been a blast for me, and I hope you've enjoyed yourself uh, on the show as well. I got to mention toilet. I am absolutely happy. No, just uh, in all seriousness, as I said earlier, I just really enjoyed having this conversation with you. And I think that it's so important to have these kind of conversations. So yeah, once again, wishing you all the best for the rest of the show. Um, I think that every week is going to be really exciting to listen to the amazing guest speakers that I know are already being lined up. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, to everyone out there listening, great to spend this time with you and yeah, keep, keep going. Thank you so much, Nadia. Have a great day. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, once again. This is JP from Adlunum INC speaking to you about Web3. Have a good one. Cheers. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Diving Into Crypto, proudly hosted by Ad Lunam. 
the first engaged-to-earn platform with a proof-of-attention model and dynamic NFT investor profiles. 